friends! My name is Eric Arnault, and welcome to part one of the May episode of the Nerdalogs Present Your Stories podcast. This month we're kicking off a new feature on the podcast. Every episode we do will be based on a theme, meaning that all, or almost all, the stories each month will respond to a prompt or topic. So this month, we're talking about sex. And what results is pretty amazing. And I don't just mean babies, although babies are obviously amazing. Um, the level of honesty on display in some of these stories is really, really mind-blowing. And we want to thank all the storytellers who shared their feelings on this topic with us and with all of you. So this month, you'll hear me, plus Nerdalogs cast member Kevin Reeder, talk about strippers. Maybe not the most honest of stories. Uh, at least mine. Um, writer and comedian Sawyer Hepes meditates on the idea that the princess is in another castle. Sketch comedian Allison McWilliams Brooks brings us lessons to a dorky girl on surviving a sex craze world. Uh, Nerdlogger Alex Talavera talks about the general unattractiveness of being short. Bill Kenkel has a scientific look at sex and productivity. Uh, Steve Hirsch brings us a song about playing for a different team. And as always, Dwight Hassler and I provide some musical accompaniment, although the majority of our songs will be found in the next episode. So the next Your Stories recording takes place on Sunday, May 20th, at the Upstairs Gallery. That's 5219 North Clark Street in Chicago, Illinois, at 7 p.m. As always, the show is free, and it's BYOB. Uh, The theme for that show is family, whatever that word means to you. And feel free to interpret it creatively. Uh... Before we get to the show, here's my usual note that we've got a donate button on the side of our homepage at yourstories.podbean.com. So if you enjoy the podcast and would like to help support uh, our web hosting, please feel free to toss a few bucks our way. Uh, But as always, thank you very much for listening, and please enjoy this episode. So uh, this is is, uh, welcome to the first officially themed show of the Nerdalogs Your Stories. Uh, this kind of came about because we did a music episode a few months ago that has been our most popular, and uh, we thought it might help if we gave people like a, a prompt. So we chose sex for kind of a couple of reasons, one being Kevin and I both have stories about strippers that we want to tell, yeah. <laughs> and, and two being when, uh, when we did the music episode, my loving friends were upset that I played like a good song that I wrote instead of this song I wrote uh, a long time ago that they liked much better, which is based on strippers. Uh, which I'm going to play for you guys. But there is a story behind it, which is uh, when, before my friends and I turned 21, we would go to the Twin Cities in Minnesota to vacation because we thought it was awesome that we could gamble when we were 19 there because there are Indian casinos that didn't used to make you be 21 to get in, so we would go play poker and slots and and just kind of live it up like we were two years older, which probably sounds like really lame, but it was a, a super fun vacation. And our, our motto on these trips was always live like kings. So we would eat exorbitantly if we won at gambling. And we would, I mean, stay in a Holiday Inn Express, which isn't top of the line. But for, for the Twin City suburbs, it's pretty damn good. And uh, we went to a strip club. And I remember there was a stripper there. Uh, her name was Peaches. All I remember is she was super skinny and had, like, wiry blonde hair. But she was really interesting to me because she was, like, or at least she said she was super into music. That could have been a line. But something that stood out to me was she told me that she gave Elvis Costello a lap dance, which, like, I can't imagine that that's true, but that's such an interesting image to me. Like, this very staid, proper Englishman in, like, a a hat and a suit just kind of sitting back, like, very calmly, you know, and the stripper gyrates on him. I can't can't imagine. But I thought, man, even at 19, I realized, like, you don't, uh, you don't become interested in strippers. That's just something you don't do. But I thought, wouldn't it be interesting... If I did. And so I would always play this song at shows saying that this was uh, inspired by but not based on a true story. And this is dedicated to Peaches. This is called I Fell in Love with the Stripper. And I haven't played this song for like seven or eight years in person. Diane, you've heard it before, I think. Alright, here we go. Late night, Friday, looking for romance. Haven't had much luck with love in the past. Who knew Friday I would find the one? I was just out for a little fun. 
A beautiful connection made over two ten dollar bills The way she looked I knew it was love I took up my inhibitions, let myself fall for her. How could this not be true love? The kindest spark that we had, it just can't be fate. How could this not be true love? She asked me how my day was. I asked her about her. comment briefly Eric uh, $20 is really cheap for us for, for a lap dance it was Minnesota dude I guess that's it really true. is yeah. Yeah. get your ass to AZ buddy <laughs> um, okay so this is a really a blast from the past for me uh, I told this story at our very first Nerdalog show two years ago um, and I don't think I've told it since um, which is which is really cool so that that's fun for me um, so when I was, uh, when I was growing up, I really, uh, I had, I, and I still do have this, like, really great respect for women. Oh, man, when I last told this story, my mom was there. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, she was. That made it real weird. Um, but funny, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, my mom had always instilled in this, uh, this, you know, respect for women thing for me, so much so that I took it to a crazy place as, as a kid, as a teenager, that I would refuse to go to Hooters with my friends, because I was like, no, that's, you know, that's not right, um, <laughs> which is silly, because Hooters, it's, it's just fine, I don't know, um, it's fine, I, I mean, the food's whatever, um, so, so, uh, so the uh, life came to pass, and um, we would. Uh, I grew up with with these friends from high school um, that I refused to go to Hooters with, and uh, my best friend Matt Kula was getting married, and the one thing he wanted to do was go to a strip club for his bachelor's party, and I was like really not excited about going at all. Like I really didn't want to go, but I'm like, all right, this guy's been there for me like my whole life. I can do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, get some single dollar bills, and I'm gonna do this thing. Um, so we went to a King County Cougars, King County Cougars game during the day, <laughs> and we're drinking Coors Light all day. And uh, so then we took a, a real far drive out to Heartbreakers Gentlemen's Club, Heartbreakers <laughs> yes. Gentlemen's Club, which is out in yes. like 
You know where it's at. You know? Yeah. I've gone past it. Yeah. It's way out west. It's way out west. Um, uh, and such a classy place um, that you could bring your own coolers there with you. It was a BYOB establishment. So that would allow for the 18-year-old kids to go and see uh, strippers, too. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great deal, right? Um, so it's real, real, real creepy. Um, but I, I put my blinders on, and I, and I was like, all right, you know, and I did the whole, like, uh, singles thing and, like, making a little pyramid and, like, blowing it or whatever. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> People do that, apparently. I don't know. I don't know. I saw somebody doing it. Like, you stack singles, and then you, like, blow it at the... I was so weird. It's Heartbreakers, dude. It's BYOB. No, <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't get it either. Uh... So I was like, I was, I was trying to get into it. I was trying to get into it. So I'm, this girl's like, she comes up to me and she's like, oh, do you, do you want a lap dance? And I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm getting a lap dance. Um, so she takes me to, uh, to a side room um, and, and uh, she's like, all right, cool. You know, just sit, no, no touching. And I'm like, cool, you know, that's, that's great. And she places this, and this was really novel to me, this tiny little dirty white towel over my crotch, um, which I can only assume is to prevent people from, like, you know, ejaculating on her. Um, so it's been used a number a number of times. So that was like my first, like, she's going to lay this thing down on my, uh, over me, and then she starts to dance. And, um, and I was so awkward that... Um, Throughout the entirety of her dance, I made eye contact with her the whole time. <laughs> I couldn't look at her body. I, I couldn't. So every every interaction that I had with, with her was just like me staring like doe-eyed right into her eyes, which has to have been the freakiest thing. <laughs> because like, you know, like here's this like, you know, 22-year-old kid just staring directly into your eyes in, in a creepy way. And she's like, hey, how's it going? And I like... I swear to God, she asked me, like, three questions, and I just gave her my whole life story. <laughs> because I didn't know what to talk about, and I just told her everything of, about, about my life. Uh, about what I was doing, and who I wanted to be, and what I wanted to become. And, and I swear, it was, like, the most cathartic thing. <laughs> it was the best therapy session I had ever had. Um, but terribly awkward, uh, looking back. And... Um, and like I, it just was such a blur, and and we got done, and uh, she was like, she stood up, she hugged me, and <laughs> 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 so like like a real nice, sweet, tender hug from this stripper, and she just said, I wish you the best of luck. Ooh. That was it. <laughs> Kevin, you're a, you're a better man than I. All right. Um, next up, we have uh, Sir Hepe, who I got your full name this time. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing better. Uh, everybody have a good weekend so far? Everybody go to C2E2? Yeah. That was my first or I, I, first comic book convention I'd ever been to. Because coming from Virginia, there's just not a lot of really good ones. But I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, so when uh, we proposed the theme last time and mentioned it was sex, um, I thought it was perfect because I, uh, I was going home about a week or so afterwards, and I was like, I know my journal is still at home, and I have got some good stuff for you here. Um, uh, everyone I assume here, Super Mario Brothers fans, and I don't think I need to stress how frustrating it was the number of times you got in the castle. And she turns into one of the henchmen and like, sorry, the princess is in another castle. He's like, are you kidding me? Really? And so I'd like you to keep that in mind while I'm reading these entries that the princess is in the other castle. All right? Today, uh, oh, also bear in mind, this is journal was given to me as my Catholic like rite of passage when I got confirmation. I, I am Catholic. Uh, I'm not one of those like hate-mongering, judgmental Catholics, so I try not to be. Uh, but I am still practicing Catholic, so that's another thing to bear in mind while this story goes on. All right, today is the first entry in my journal, and I think it would be great to get my feelings out, in the, out to someone. Parentheses, well, sorta, exclamation point, close parentheses. Well, it's been about three weeks since Lauren and I broke up. 
I don't know why she dumped me, or if that Sam person was right about her cheating on me, or who that guy I talked to was really her new BF. I am just not sure of anything right now. A lot of uncertainty at that age. Uh, uh, the dance is Friday, and I'm going solo! Exclamation point. Uh, I'm hoping to meet some new girls. Actually, I'm not sure if I should get another GF right now, because lately I have not had a lot of luck with girls. I mean, I can easily get a date with them, but the problem is the relationships don't last with me too long. I just don't know what to do. I need someone to talk to. Megan would probably understand what I'm going through. I think I might have feelings for her, too. Heck, I don't know if I'll ever love again. Oh, well. <laughs> Fair mind, this seventh grade, so... <laughs> oh, well. I, I, don't, I know God has a plan for me, and I'm going to find it out. Let's see. Also, the best part is there's, like, little fantasy drawings I had at the bottom. Like, oh, that'd be an awesome symbol to, like, put in my story. Um, <laughs> well, today went pretty good. I got funniest for my yearbook superlative. Don't know what else I got. Guess I'll have to wait. And this Lauren thing is bugging me. Or do I really have feelings for Megan? Or am I just trying to push myself into love instead of waiting for it to find me? I don't think I really do have feelings for her. I might just be pushing myself into love. Well, maybe this dance will solve all my problems. <laughs> you usually do. <laughs> I can relax and just have fun. Who knows? I might meet the love of my life. I guess we'll see. As they say, tomorrow's another day. I also sign all of mine Sawyer, as if someone else was coming into my journals and writing <laughs> entries like special guest writers. Uh, well, just another day gone by. No new news. And I'm still not sure about my feelings for Megan, because there is something deep down inside of me tells me it's right, that I should embrace these feelings. I'm still questioning my life. I don't seem to know of anything anymore. Maybe we were destined to be together. I mean, we are going to the same school and all. Parentheses. O'Connell. Close parentheses. Because <laughs> I seem to have this continuing feeling that I might be giving this journal to someone and like, well, just so you can keep up with the story. <laughs> Maybe this is what God has planned for me. I know I wanted to get married and have children. Yes, I love her. Because I have feelings a bit fuzzy. Oh, because I've been feeling a bit fuzzy around her. Yeah, it has to be love. We, we love so much. We have so much in common. I feel something special. Well, this is the entry that will end like every other one with a question. So do I love her? Well, I say yes. Um, <laughs> you probably know what I'm going to say. I don't love Megan. <laughs> I have realized <laughs> I have realized I've just been lying to myself. I don't have that same feelings I did when I loved Bridget, uh, B-R-I-G-I-D. This other that than other people I love. I wish this dance would come sooner, because I have that desire for love, and I know something is going to happen. Don't know what it is yet, but I will find out. As always, journal, I have I leave you with a question. Who is the one? The one that I love, the one I am meant to love. I know she's out there, and I will find her. Well, Journal, her name is Colleen. And, <laughs> and boy, is she hot. <laughs> I knew I would find her. Boy, is she a vis vision. I sensed something, and I was right. She, she fills me with so much joy, and she makes me feel so alive. She is the one, exclamation point. Oh, how I love her so. I think about her all the time. I cannot wait to see her. Just the sound of her voice makes me yearn for her love. You know, we did kiss, and not some wussy kiss on the cheek. I mean, the real deal, on the lips. It, it was but a brief second, though, but time seemed to have stopped. Well, as usual, I leave you with a question, and that is, how did I sense it? I don't know why that was the question. Um... Well, today was a busy day for me. I spoke to Colin today, the love of my life. I asked her to go to my basketball game, but she couldn't. Oh, well, I did score a three. Wahoo. <laughs> today, I experienced the most joyful acts of love today. No, it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> In case my journal was thinking that. <laughs> I made out. It was... <laughs> 
It was so wonderful, and it made me, quote-unquote, excited. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Do you journal? I didn't, I didn't understand what subtlety was in seventh, seventh grade. Yeah, we did it during the movie. Three times, exclamation point. <laughs> Which I still remember to this day, and that's part of the reason I like the movie Orange County so much. Uh, I can't stop thinking about it and her. It made me want to do it again and again. Here's the conflict. All her friends think she's quote-unquote wild, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to do anything too serious with her, I swear. Because I was also worried about my journal judging me. (laughs) I just wasn't in... Uh, I just didn't want to ruin our friendship or our relationship. So here's today's question. It's a two-parter. Will Colleen still love me, or will our friendship be terminated? See this eye. Man, it has been a long time since we talked. A lot has happened to me, and I asked out Megan, Shannon, and Katie. <laughs> but all knows. <laughs> I graduated a boy. Ev- I graduated, and boy was everyone crying, even me. I saw my... Alright, I can't read the rest of this. This is about the point where I hit, uh, where my handwriting became what it is now. So that's where it kind of trails off. I had significantly better handwriting in 7th grade. Uh, but the point being, um, I only had about three real serious girlfriends in high school. I had girls that I dated, but it was just that you just walked next to each other. That was the equivalence of dating for my first couple of years. Uh, most of my high school time, no matter how serious I got with the girls... I was saving myself for marriage. Um, I am still to this day a virgin. Uh, in high school, it was more of a choice. Now it's got a lot of factors working against me. Um, but it always reminded me, uh, and I had a lot of trouble in college with girls. I let a lot of girls kind of take advantage of me, and I just kept being that nice guy, you know, that was just like, no, no, I'll be the friend when the jerk screws up. But then they just date other jerks, so it doesn't really work out for you. Um, and so I'd hit a point um, a few months ago where I got, uh, actually not, just about a month ago, where I kind of hit my frustration level, like, peak. I had broke down and I was tired of it. I put all my energy into probably one of the most destructive relationships I had been in. It wasn't chaotic. It wasn't anything bad. But that night, I went and I signed up for Match.com. And I realized that's probably a bad time to make a profile when you're, <laughs> when you're in that state of mind. However, I did. And... I haven't had a lot of bites yet. I've met, like, one girl that we've only been talking via text. And the thing that I keep reminding myself that keeps going uh, is the fact that the princess is in the other castle. Is that we've got to keep fighting and you've got to get through there. Because one day you're going to make it to the castle and you're going to find that right girl. Uh, they say nice guys finish last, but they also say you save the best for last. So, this, my name is Sawyer, and this has been my story for today. Thank you guys for listening. Sawyer, man, that was fantastic. Um, I'm glad you brought up C2E2. I wanted to tell this anecdote at the top yeah. of the show. So, I, I was there all weekend, and I went to this uh, panel on nerd dating advice. For work, guys. I promise. <laughs> it was for work. But um, they, they did this really cool thing where... Uh, they were giving away at the panel two advanced passes to Avengers, which is huge. Yeah. And the person who won was uh, the person who asked the best question at the panel, and they got to take one of the presenters out on a date. That was the prize. <laughs> and the guy who ended up winning, I, and I can't verify whether this is true, but he says it is, his question was, and I should paint this picture, he's, he's 36, he said, kind of a stocky dude, kind of built like me. Um, with a My Little Pony hat on. <laughs> like, not just a hat, but like a, like, you know, like a full, full thing. And his question was, every girl I've ever dated has been a lesbian. What do I do? And he, he got to take one of the panelists to Avengers, so I think that dude deserves it. That was pretty great. We are going to go to uh, the fella that got engaged last month. I wonder what he has to say. I'm gonna, I actually want to pass it. Can we, can we have... Allison, go first. Oh, strategic. Oh, oh no. Allison, are you amenable to that? I'm amenable to that. Okay. okay. And then uh, she also got engaged last month, guys. Yeah, I know. She Allison, Allison McWilliams Brooks. Thank you. Woo! I listen to see if there's like subtle, subtle attacks at each other. I wonder. God, <laughs> look at them tits. Uh, so. <laughs> 
caveats. The first, that everything I'm about to say is not about anyone in this room. And the second, that I am wearing this shirt for a reason. And not just because I like it. And that it makes me feel like a sexy military lady. Um, but uh, I've always harbored like this secret pipe dream to become one of those shitty female novelists who writes series of books that women pick up in the airport when they want to have a couple drinks on the plane and read about sex that they're not having. Um, So, you know, like, Ladies Poker Night, which is one that my mom owns, um, or, like, uh, Chubby Girl Diaries, or, you know, like, Letters from My Vagina and stuff like that. Um, So I decided I would call mine um, Lessons to a Dorky Girl on Surviving the Sex-Crazed World. Um... And I know sometimes people look at me and they're like, your sex life is probably not that, like, you've probably had sex. And, like, probably you, like, at a normal, you went through all the stages, like, at normal points in your life, you know? That's not true. Um, (laughs) My first kiss was um, with a guy who I had already dated and broken up with at that point um, in a church play um, in front of all of our friends and my older sister. And he decided to dip me at the last moment, so instead we hit heads. Um, it was really romantic. And, um, and so, like, you know, there were no, like, wine spritzers and fun high school parties where I got frisky. Like, if there was one thing I was more terrified than underage drinking when I was a teenager, it was getting pregnant before I graduated. So I, like, didn't have any kind of sex, did not date any, like, date anyone, really. Um, and that, like, carried right on into college, and I just really didn't date anyone. I, like, met Jewish guys for the first time and decided I really liked Jewish men. And that didn't lead to anything. Um, and then I finally got a boyfriend my senior year of college. And was, like, really excited about him. He was um, really into comic books and improv and stuff. So I was like, oh, God, he's so great. And, um, and he went to a different college than mine, so it was awesome. I was like, I can have my first sexual experience and no one else has to know about it. Um, and that comes to lesson number one to a dorky girl in the sex-crazed world. There are good and bad ways to tell someone that it's your first time. A bad way is to decide that his birthday present should be you losing your virginity and that you should tell him this when you're already halfway through having sex. (laughs) Um, On his broken couch. (laughs) And you get walked in on three times. Um, And so, but the silver lining to that experience was that afterwards when I was in his bathroom being like, I'm not going to cry. Um, I discovered my first uh, Garfield minus Garfield cartoon. So that was, like, cool. Like, I learned a new thing today. There's this cool comic strip online called Garfield minus Garfield. Um, so I dated him for a while, and then he broke up with me on Valentine's Day, which was pretty cool. So I was by phone as I was like in my best friend's bathroom being like, don't break up with me. And him being like, I think we should. (laughs) And then me being like, why don't you think about it for a day? Um, So then after that, I got really mad that I had wasted all this great sex on him and decided to have my wild 20 sex adventures and learned lesson number two to a dorky girl in this sex-crazed world, which is not all kinds of sex are fun, Um, especially threesomes. And I discovered this when I was um, forcibly falling out of someone's bed but trying to make it look like that was an accident to get out of having a threesome. And uh, that was just like... A really another fun experience of just being like, oh no, I fell out of your bed. Guess I should go. And, and that just tumbled me all the way to Chicago, where I continued to have more misadventures until my first serious boyfriend here, who um, broke up with me while we were um, 
I guess I may be serious, he wasn't a serious boyfriend, but he, we dated for a while, and he broke up with me while we were performing together multiple times a week. Um, so that was really, like, put me in a tailspin, and I was, like, also moving at the time from Logan Square to Bucktown, which seemed like a big move, wasn't a big move, not a huge change in location or dating possibilities, and um, I would remember, like, talking on the phone with my mom and drinking a bunch of free vodka that my roommate had given me and being like, I don't know, it's just, I'm probably really bad in bed. I, I don't know. It was, I didn't occur to me at the time that possibly my success in dating was due to my emotional shortcomings. I, I blamed it all on my horrible sex. So then I embarked on a year of being celibate. Um, not entirely on purpose, but um, I ended up having a whole year here where I didn't have sex with anyone. And the less I had sex... And the more I watched other people's sexual tension between each other, like at parties and at improv shows, the more I learned what I consider to be the most important lesson to a dorky girl in this sex-crazed world, which is that awkward sex is really fun. That you should always have a sense of humor in bed. Um, Because if you can't find sex funny, like bodies that look like they feel good usually don't and bodies that do feel good make really weird noises um and like you know if you're in this situation where you're giving a guy a blowjob at a party and you accidentally do that there's something about mary and his shit gets in your hair and you go back out in that party and don't realize that till someone tells you that you have semen in your hair um or if you're giving a different guy a blowjob and you get startled and your head rears up and your hand goes one way and your mouth goes another way and his dick slaps you in the face. <laughs> or, like, if you hook up with a guy who you've been, like, really wanting to be with for a really long time and then you guys start hooking up and you always are really physically incompatible and, like, don't have any chemistry so you just end up dry humping for three hours. <laughs> you have to be able to laugh about that stuff. <laughs> or you'll never have sex again. Um, so I decided that like my misadventures in sex have taught me that like I really like how awkward sex is and even when it's really passionate and really great and with a wonderful partner funny shit is gonna happen and and like I think that makes sex even more awesome and makes you closer to the person that you're with and I learned that the most well uh, because of this shirt um, it's the first shirt that my fiance ever saw me in, I think, um, because he was teching our show, uh, where I was in a sketch where I wore this shirt. It was, um, if any of you know of the defunct sketch group World's Best Dad, we had a sketch called IRL Bot, (laughs) where I played um, an online sex bot in physical form, and I went through a really um, up and down roller coaster of emotions with that sketch. Where at first I was like, oh, everyone hates this sketch. They think I'm really bad in it because I felt really self-conscious, like, wearing this shirt on stage and, like, this little mini skirt and stuff. And then I was like, no, they probably like it because at least, you know, they're seeing my boobs. So that's probably good. (laughs) My boobs look pretty good in this shirt. And then finally I was like, no, I think they really like it because it was really well written. And I didn't write it, but it was really well written. And also, I came to realize, like, I'm playing a character who's just a girl who is acting like she knows a lot about sex, who really probably doesn't, but still wants to do it. And I was like, yep, awkward sex can be really fun. Thank you very much, Allison. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's been super honest tonight. I figured that this would elicit, the topic would elicit some... uh, some kind of honesty, but I'm, I've been blown away. I don't know how you guys feel, but this is um, amazing. Uh, we have two stories left. Uh, next is the guy who deferred his turn, I think maybe out of fear and no, with no, no, no good no, reason. I, 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 <laughs> Alex, come on up, man. All right. No, uh, do I defer it? Um, because I actually don't have a very good story. <laughs> um, I had an idea. In my- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, fuckers. Uh, no, I had an idea in mind, and, uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, this is stupid, why are you going to bring it up? Um, but I'm going to do it because I'm here, and because it's, it is something that I never talk about, and, uh, and so 
And so, yeah, why, why, what else am I going to talk about? Um, all right, there's, there's a few ladies here in the audience. Um, so real fast, uh, ladies, if you're feeling me, um, how many of you ladies would date, marry, sleep with, uh, a guy who is shorter than you. One, two, three. Okay, all of them. All of them. How many ladies are full of shit? Uh, because this is this is what I wanted to talk about when I learned the theme was sex or whatever. Um, this is the thing that I have dealt with as a nerd. That has been my thing that uh, a long time ago I made peace with and I decided to not give a shit about or talk about because talking about it gave it power and, and giving it power was something that I didn't need to do. But the fact of the matter is um, I am unfuckable to a lot of women. Uh, not you, sexy classy ladies. <laughs> you six lying ass bitches. But to a general population of the women, I, I stand uh, five foot four on a sunny day, and I am generally unfuckable to a lot of women. Not because I am not handsome or smart or talented or everything else that I've been told that I am by these women, because I am, apparently, but because I'm just not tall. And one of these weird things about sex and about attraction and about the human condition is that we can't control these things, right? You can't control that you're into this sort of thing or you're into this sort of thing or that sort of thing or whatever. But for the greater population of females in our society, uh, being a dude who is uh, five foot four on a sunny day it's just kind of an automatic zero. And that's not to say that I'm hated by anyone. No one ever looks down at me and looks at me and says, you're worthless. It just means I am relegated to a point of not. That's it. It's just not. Um, and I had to learn how to deal with that. In high school, everyone is like that. We're all unfuckable in high school, right? Like, we all have things that make us unattractive and terrible and, and, and variously just, just not appealing. But, um, you know, in college, you're supposed to be kind of finding your feet, finding yourself who you are in the world. Uh, and I, I think I did that pretty well. Uh, I'm a bright kid. Uh... I, I surrounded myself with like-minded men and women and tried to ingratiate myself with a social circle. And I did, but <laughs> what remained was that I'm still not. Um, I can always be this sort of thing which is like, yeah, a friend or a consort or <laughs> that guy that gets my jokes or whatever, but... It's not anything you did. It's not anything you said. You're just too fucking small, bro. Uh, and that's... And that's something that we all have to kind of... Accept? Accept not. Because fuck that. Um, so I kept going. I kept going. I kept going and I kept pushing against uh, this thing that I knew was there for me. Uh, and I got really good at flirting. I'm, I'm a fucking amazing flirt. Guys, uh, I'm engaged now, but, like, don't fucking leave me around your ladies. Because uh, I am... I'm, I'm real good at... She knows. I'm real good at flirting, and I learned how to flirt because I had no fear of failing because I was always going to fail. I was always going to fail. And it didn't matter anymore. So I got to be real good at playing that game anyway. Uh, and that was through college. And then I <laughs> came out of college 
And you know what's after college? Nothing. <laughs> life, right? That's what's supposed to happen for college is life. Well, after life, um, I still was meeting people and kind of surrounding myself with sort of people that I liked, which are funny, smart, compassionate people. And uh, funny, smart, compassionate people have a, have a higher uh, percentage of being down with short dudes than uh, <laughs> drunk bitches, I guess. Is that, is that the other category? It's not. Um, but but I, I kept surrounding myself with that sort of that sort of person, and I, I became aware that, like, yeah, maybe I was attractive to a certain uh, conglomerate, to a certain <clears throat> subset, uh, and I became okay with that. And, and eventually, you know, I had girlfriends and, and that sort of thing, and, I, and every girl I've ever dated, virtually every girl I've ever dated has been at least two inches taller than me. Um, because I just stopped caring because it's too hard. It's too hard to look for that other, that, that diminutive percentage that is in the other end of the equation that wants somebody that is a little bit taller than, but they are also five feet tall even. So, uh, so that's what I did. And I stopped caring and I stopped thinking about it. And I, and eventually it didn't become my thing anymore. It became, the sort of thing I stopped thinking about. But uh, when, when I became single dramatically, um, probably about, I guess, like three years ago or something like that, it came all crashing back. It came all crashing back that the dating scene uh, was this thing that I was not invited into. And... Uh, and things like online dating and all that kind of shit uh, still had this thing where it was like sexual orientation. Well, I'm straight. Height. Right underneath that shit. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm like five foot four. Uh, and then everything underneath that is dot, dot, dot. Because who gives a shit? Uh, and so that, that didn't happen. And what I ended up doing was uh, falling into people. That's, that's how I met people. Um, by falling into people, by, by crashing into sort of people that didn't care about it the way that I don't care about it anymore. And, and, uh, and joining communities like... <coughs> our fucking crazy comedy community where everyone's an outcast. Um, and I found a lady doing that. <laughs> uh, and she was an outcast. And she uh, feared for people viewing her in certain ways. The way that I feared for people viewing me in certain ways. Um, but that's not what attracted us to each other. What attracted us to each other was... I liked her eyes. I liked her smile. And I didn't... I didn't think about that stuff when I talked to her. And I hope, in fact, I'm almost positive, she didn't think about that stuff when I talked to her or when she talked to me. Um, but basically what I realized was, like, the rules of engagement for sex... They're out there, whether you want them or not. Um, but they're also... You can just skirt them completely. Like, for everyone out there who's trying to do this thing and trying to find their way in the world, the fact of the matter is, like, those rules weren't written for you. Those rules weren't written for anyone. They're a facsimile of a facsimile of an idea. And the person that matches up with that idea is doing great. And everyone else wonders why they don't measure up. But we do. We all measure up. Uh, and if you cut through all the bullshit, it's there. 
It's absolutely horrible. And sex is just as dumb and awkward and super gross <laughs> as it is for anyone who is six feet tall or double D breasted or a size zero or whatever. Even though everyone tells you that it isn't. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> Bill Kegel. Do it. Right. Well, wonderful. Tough act to follow. Um, I didn't even know about the theme for this week until maybe like two hours ago, and then I checked on Facebook and it said we're going to talk about sex, and I was like, I have a lot to say on that. <laughs> um, it just like I have I have tried to somehow get away with a job that pays me to just think about sex as if that's something that I wasn't going to do anyway. Um, and it's, it's amazing because, like, sex is, is everything. Everything we do is because of sex. Like, even, even the religious people realize this. Sorry, Sawyer. <laughs> well, about I, it, you just got to wait a while. I'm, I'm a recovering Catholic. And my parents uh, decided to renew their faith in the middle of my puberty, which was a delightfully tact decision on their part. Um, but once you have, like, evolution, you have this lens with which to explain, like, every behavior that humans demonstrate, and it's all sex, like, besides just, like, eating and sleeping, everything we're doing is so that, like, we can advance our reproductive success. Um, on the way driving here, we talked about C2E2 and how much we spent, and, you know, I'm normally one of these people that's like, oh, I don't go to a a con to spend money, that's foolish, but I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I did, I did spend money at C2B2, why did I do that? Because of sex, because there was a girl, and I wanted to buy her gifts, and everything special we do is because of sex, everything noteworthy we do is because of sex, and it, it bothers me because I think it sort of is the fuel that, uh, that drives any sort of creative endeavor we do, like recently I haven't been doing as much improv, and that coincided with meeting this wonderful girl who's fantastic. Uh, and I am okay with not doing something that used to be a big part of my life because I have this other thing settled down. And that terrifies me. If I ever, like, find happiness with someone, I will become a boring shell of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> There's, a, like, a quote from Fight Club, you know, may I never be complete, may I never be content. And that's how I feel. I'm such a better person when I'm, like, alone and miserable and striving. And they say that that is, like, sort of what, um, that, that is what drives everyone. So there was a study, I had to look this up, um, it's called, like, uh, I have it on my phone, it's called, like, Thieves and Geniuses, and I should cite the person because that's what a good scientist would do. But, um, here we go. They're from New Zealand. Satoshi Kanazawa, am I saying that right? Satoshi, yeah. Satoshi, Okay. Um, and so you, if you look at the age of, if you look at age along, let's say, the, the x-axis and success or any other behavior on the y, you see that people are most successful, like artists and musicians and mathematicians, like right at their peak reproductive years, because we are trying so hard to get laid. <laughs> so mathematicians peak, even criminals peak, like their like, highest criminal activity is right there, because we have these crazy hormones that will make us do anything in the slim chance of getting laid. And then... Once you get married, like, your, your, uh, your success just t- falls away. And I'm... <laughs> just got engaged, bro. Just <laughs> Well, don't try to publish anything in math or... No, it's fine. I won't Rob Bank. <laughs> So I don't I don't know this solution. I don't I guess that's something like you have to negotiate once you've actually like, achieved some sort of success. But it just seems like and then I can't imagine what what do you do when you push kids out of the house? Like they have that empty nest. Like why do you exist? But <laughs> <laughs> you just like push that kid off to college and you're like, well, I'm going to wander into the woods. Because <laughs> whatever, I've done my job. Uh, 
So maybe I shouldn't study so much evolution. <laughs> Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one comment to that, which is that I truly, truly believe that the secret to staying young forever, not immortality, but staying young forever, is that you never stop working for what you want. Now you find, I find, like Bill, I think that when people, and like science apparently, that when people get married or settle into long-term relationships, they tend to stop working for the things that they're passionate about. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive, but I think for whatever reason, maybe because people are lazy, they don't have the energy, they don't have the drive, whatever, they do stop working for what they want when they get in those relationships, and that's terrifying. And if there's one benefit to being chronically single, it's that you get a lot of shit done that makes you really happy. Right? Am I right? Absolutely. That is the, that, and you never have to run your plans by anybody, except the person watching your dog, in my case. Um, we're going to do uh, one more thing before we take a break. Steve Hirsch has a song for us. Which is not to say that I, I don't, I mean, I, I think that relationships can be totally healthy and, and make you a better person. I just don't think that is always what happens. So, you know, great job, Bill, is what I'm trying to say. Alright, uh, so this is a song, uh, the lyrics to which uh, I wrote a couple years ago uh, as part of uh, some character sketches, uh, possibly uh, a script for uh, a show that was, uh, the working title was Poker Faith. This was, this was as Lady Gaga's Poker Face was uh, the hot song. Uh, so this song is just full of blackjack and poker references. Uh, the, the basic idea behind the song is that uh, there are these two characters in the show, and they, uh, they grew up in the same small town, and they've now moved to the big city, New York or Los Angeles, and they're trying to make it in the music industry. And uh, you see a scene between them. Uh, they're backstage. There's obviously some tension between them. They're not as successful yet in the music industry as they want, uh, and the guy in particular does not seem very happy with the situation, and he is, he's considering uh, moving back home to that small town. Um, now, the, the dynamics between the two of them, uh, I'll say, uh, what's the distinction between based on or inspired by true events? Uh, I'll say that part of, part of the relationship here is, I guess, inspired by two relationships that I had uh, uh, in high school, um, I re-met one of them recently because she she was living in Andersonville, uh, and uh, yeah, re-meeting those those high school girlfriends is, is always an interesting thing. So anyway, uh, here we go. Um, I'm the jack of spades, you're the queen of hearts The writing's on the wall and you're throwing darts Growing up, we are two of a kind I thought I was yours, you were mine I always worried about the diamond king He'd steal you away, you'd never wear my ring I should have been watching those other queens Now I'll mean what I say and I'll say what I mean Been thinking real hard about folding Don't want to get hit again Been thinking real hard about folding If we don't split I think I'll never win Been waiting four years to get you in my hand Sometimes you say you don't want no man I doubled down, maybe you want double D's I went all in on a pair of threes I don't know what's next in this six-deck shoot You play with my hair, say me a ham is cute You're sending mixed signals, I can't read your tell Third base with another chick, I guess that's clear as a bell I've been thinking real hard about folding Don't want to get hit again been thinking real hard about folding If we don't split, I think I'll never win I thought it was a phase I'd see your bluff But you look at me You don't get flush <laughs> Now it's time to call I'm gonna lose this bet Go back home 
my heart in debt. I'm the sucker at this table, my bankroll's gone bust. I stayed for love, now I'd settle for lust. Maybe it's time I call a spade a spade. Roll a pair and get myself laid. Plenty of ways to get to 21. I'll hit a snapper, have me some fun. Maybe all along you bend my burned card. We went head to head and then you left me hard. Thinking real hard about folding. I don't want to get hit again. I've been thinking real hard about folding. If we don't split, I think I'll never win. Steve, your punnery is, is amazing. Thank you. So before, before we play this song, I have a, a very brief anecdote to tell about this, which is uh, we are going to play a different song that we don't know that well. And I said to Dwight after Steve's thing, Dwight, let's call an audible. And these guys heard me, and they're like, dude, that's so cool that you used a football term. <laughs> that's what Bruce Springsteen calls it when he changes the set. Don't, don't be too impressed. I, really, you just follow up like, it's everyone, a football term? Everyone says that. Anytime, I say let's call an audible all the time, and I only, I learned that from uh, uh, Tech Mobile. Like, yeah. Which is not football. Even, yeah. Not yeah. even real football, like yeah. from the fake like football. Mine was mad. Advanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call audibles Tech Mobile. Tech was Super Bowl. Madden no, no, three. No, fuck no. It was oh, Nintendo. Really it was the eight. Fight, fight, fight. Football. You can do audibles. <laughs> Maybe Joe Montana's talking. No. Yeah, Madden '93 was where I learned about it too. Because I remember I would just keep audibling them because it made them dance. I have no idea what the benefit of it was. I am discussing nerd raging right now. I know Well, anyway, so the point is, this is uh, this is dedicated to Steve.
credit, credit to Weezer for the outro joke, but Rivers Cuomo plays that terribly. Like everything he does these days. Um, this is definitely... I'm sorry, Weezer hasn't been good since 1996. That's just true. A fact! Truth bomb, fucking It is. Well, because I put it there, but still... <laughs>